Hello and welcome to the Punt the QB podcast. I'm Rick Navalani here with Tim Singer at Rick Punt the QB. Tim at uh, Punt QBFF. Yeah. So let's uh, go ahead and jump right into it, Tim. Um, let's do baseball first. Fernando Tatis uh, got suspended for 80 games. Yeah, baseball doesn't mess around with that stuff. You know, the NFL, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins got six games for PED, and that's six out of 17. Fernando Tatis, 80 games. They hammered it. And I think that's significant. Because we, you know, we do talk sports. We love sports. Um, factually speaking, he claims that it's a medication called Clostebol, which is supposed to be for ringworm. But I mean, that's the thing is, if, if this is your living, there's always a guy you can call and check with. Yeah. Hey, is this on the list? Is it not? I'm sure the you know. MLB has to have somebody, like a trainer or something like that, that this, specializes yeah. in just making sure. What Every is team and what has that good. one guy. Yeah. That literally his only job is. Hey, this is what's on the list. Give me a call if you're not sure. Yeah. You know, but 80 games, it's significant because number one, Fernando Tatis is one of the biggest stars in baseball. 80 games is a huge chunk. And the Padres team, I mean, they went all in on Juan Soto with every intention of trying to make the playoffs this year. And when you take Fernando Tatis out of that lineup, he's not coming back this year. Mm -hmm. So I I think that's, that's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, and, and you're talking about a team in San Diego that's going to make the playoffs. So they're going to be a wild card, and that pretty much just totally... like He, he hasn't really been playing that much this year anyway because he's been hurt, but still, you were expecting to get him back, and now he's not coming back. Right, That that's the thing is you don't give up the, the, the massive ransom that they gave up to get uh, Juan Soto if they didn't intend to get Tatis back and make a run in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Because the playoffs, regardless of sport, it's a tournament. You just got to get in. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's what they were counting on. I mean, you're not going to catch the Dodgers in that division, but they were counting on getting in that tournament, you know. So this is a telling time now for fantasy football, and I'm seeing you, you know, we're all, all looking around on, on social media. You're doing your mock drafts. You're doing your um, – you're, you're trying to get as much info as you can from as many places as you can. Um, and thank you for coming get some of your info from here. But – it is crazy the stuff that you're seeing that people are arguing about on Twitter and whatnot. And we were just talking about it um, with, you know, some of the craziest things that are going on where people are changing their league rules, you know, halfway through a draft. Because a lot of some people do their drafts where you just start drafting like online, like everyone gets what an hour or something to put your next pick in and kind of the draft kind of goes scales through all the way that way or people are doing them online where you got the three minutes yeah um, the live online yeah the yeah. live online ones and then you know and then we we have the one that we do in person but there are certain people that like and, and rules are getting changed in the middle oh, of God. drafts and you know i've seen some pretty crazy stuff i mean we've already got enough talk in our leagues about you know should we switch this should we switch that some of that tim what is some of the craziest stuff that you've seen Oh, geez. Uh, like I said, I, I mean, I, I think we kind of talked about it off air. Uh, I was in a PPR league where I wasn't I wasn't friends with a lot of people. It was like a buddy of mine that asked me to join with him. And like week nine, all of a sudden, guys like, hey, I, I know the rules say this, but don't forget the tiebreakers for playoffs is actually this. I'm like, dude, it's week nine. You can't be changing this stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and like I said, we, we got, you know, guys getting voted down because I, I think I've already told this story in the podcast about how my buddy needed a quarterback for a bye week and Joe Flacco was my backup. That's right, Joe Flacco. And he offered me a trade for Joe Flacco. I'm like, sure, I was going to drop him anyway. And uprisal. These guys, oh, these guys are cheating. These guys are throwing it. We need to kick him out. Obviously, this needs to get voted on. I'm like, you know, we're talking about Joe Flacco, not Joe Montana, right? I mean, just some of the weird stuff that goes on, man. Yeah, I, I just saw one, and we were talking about it beforehand, where – um. They were, they're actually doing like a long draft. So they started their draft already like a week ago and everyone has like a day to make their pick. And, you know, as it gets further along, they have less time, you know, six hours, eight hours, whatever, but they're doing their whole draft over a long period of time, which is fine, but then you can't change the rules because somebody actually just posted up that they changed the rules on them and said that everybody can only take two quarterbacks in a 14 team league because they wanted to make sure everyone had one. Yeah, I... My my first question is is this a is this a league where you only start one quarterback? I I, I don't know. I'm just saying. I, I, I just mean, saw it on. I, yeah, I would no, assume I it's only a one. I, I understand it's only what a you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Under no conditions can you change the rules in the middle of a draft. Obviously, that goes without saying. But my 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 question is if it, if it's a quarterback, if it's a league where you only start one, 
Is that a huge deal? Again, I'm not saying it's okay to change the rules, but does it deserve absolutely uprisal to break up friendships of 16 years? Because, and let's face it, in most of the leagues you do, it's a, if you if you only start one quarterback, do you really even need a backup? Well, that's, and But the thing is, is that I guess if that's the way that it's going, then they should be strategizing around that. If everyone else is taking quarterbacks, you can't just wait till the end of the draft and then cry, poor me, I didn't get a quarterback. You have to take a quarterback. You know, take a quarterback. Yeah. It's kind of like how it dictates it. The one year you got stuck with Joe Flacco because you were punting the quarterback and everybody was like, oh, he's punting way too long. I'm going to start taking backups. And then everybody else was like, well, I'll start taking backups. And then you were like, well, fine, forget it. I'm not going to take a quarterback. <laughs> and then you got stuck with Flacco and you were like, I seriously regret this decision. I, I, yes, I was. I, I let the record state I was one pick from Ben Roethlisberger who had a great year that year. That, that was my backup plan. That was my plan Z. But I'm saying if everybody else is taking a quarterback and it's like the fourth or fifth round, and you don't have one, and everyone else starts taking two, well, you better take one. Because the rules shouldn't change because you didn't you didn't draft you didn't draft properly because what the rest of the room was doing, then you're that's just you being that's just you being not a good drafter. <laughs> yeah, no, like, like I said, I, I everybody that knows me, I, I love to play the opposite side. I love to, to point out that there's two sides to every argument, even if I don't believe in that side. Let me state emphatically, it is never okay to change the rules in the middle of the draft, regardless of what the rule is. I don't care if it's hey, all proceeds go to charity, or, you know, hey, uh, unused stickers get donated to orphans. I don't even care what it is. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, if your draft has already started, there's no change in rules, period. Yeah. That being said, I just wonder how big of a deal this is that these guys are threatening fights and want to quit and breaking up friendships for 16 years. Do you, do you need a backup in the league where you only start one? Let me throw another one out to you. This is, this is one I saw that was really interesting. It's a dynasty league. And the guys' quarterbacks going into the season right now are Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Sam Darnold. Oh, I did see that on Twitter, yeah. So my question is, because now people are saying he has to he has to trade for a quarterback, which I agree. You have to feel the starting lineup that actually people are starting. So if Sam Darnold isn't the starter, and Jimmy clearly isn't going to be the starter in San Francisco, and Deshaun Watson's probably going to get suspended, I understand, yes, does he need to get a quarterback? Yes. If it's a dynasty league, let's say a 16-team league, and no quarterbacks are available, then yes, I, I agree he has to get a quarterback. That being said, if he's making attempts to trade for a quarterback, like he's trying to say, hey, I'll give you um, Sam Darnold and my worst you know, utility player, and you give me Jacoby Brissett, because I'm getting the backup for, for Watson, and now Watson's suspended. And that guy says no, and he tries to fleece him. You can't force somebody, especially in a dynasty league, you can't force somebody to make trades that are going to ram that are going to have direct ramifications to the long-term, you know, the long-term years later of to his team. You can't make him trade. You can't say, no, you gotta give me your first round pick next year. No, you gotta give me. Um, no, you got to give me one of your better running backs or something like that and try to like fleece somebody for uh, a, a mediocre quarterback just because this guy has to start a team. Well, I, I, I'm interested, Is and like I said, we're, we're not part of this league. We're not privy to the, the details. I'm interested. I know it's a dynasty league, but you're telling me even in this dynasty league, Jacoby Brissett and Geno Smith are, are all taken? Well, clearly not. I, I mean, what I'm, what I'm saying is, is like Jacoby Brissett's not available? Like you can't just pair him with Deshaun? Like... I understand what they're saying is you can't just sit there and do nothing, and I'm with that. And we had, you know, like I said, that not luckily our league's a very competitive league and nobody does it. But I bet we've all been in leagues in the past where guys start guys that are on a bye or a guy who's been out for the season for three weeks and he's just not even feeling a competitive team because that's not fair. Mm -hmm. If you commit to the league, you commit to it, even if it's taking somebody off of waivers and to plug them in to have a legal lineup. But I mean, like. Damn, what kind of league are you in where Jacoby Brissett and Geno Smith aren't even available? When you're talking about like a 16-team dynasty league where this guy, those are his three quarterbacks. I mean, if those are your three quarterbacks, clearly you, you, you the, there, aren't, there aren't that but, many quarterbacks I mean, out there. Factually speaking, Jimmy G and Sam Darnold were starters last year. Mm -hmm. So I get that they're already owned in a dynasty league. But Jacoby Brissett and Geno Smith weren't. Those guys aren't available. I don't know. I mean, I don't like. I said, I'm. I'm just talking about stuff that I yeah, see. Yeah, I understand. There. Because I, I think... it was brought up, and I had said, in my opinion, you have to field the team. That being said, if 
nobody is offering you a fair trade and everyone thinks they're going to just fleece you at some point you go well i just i'm not going to i'm not going to mortgage my team my team's future because everyone's going to hold me ransom then then it becomes then it becomes more of an issue of of you know like extortion extorting right a, you can't you can't say um i'll give you baker mayfield for jonathan taylor yeah whoa that thing big guy mm-hmm. you know yeah i understand what you're saying i i mean it, it part of me is like man i love the passion that these guys are so the other part of me is like dude relax what's the what's the aaron roger r-e-l-a-x dude it's fantasy football and I, i'm not gonna say me in the past i haven't been that guy I was that guy that yelled at you in your basement over, I think, Curtis Martin or some BS. I don't even know what it was. I was way out of line. Um, but, man, dude, it's fantasy football. It's supposed to be an escape from our lives. Yeah, it's 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 really, like I said, we're just generalizing. We didn't we don't know most of these people. We just see this stuff on social media, and we think it's interesting stuff to talk about. Um, we did have one year, though, where one of our members of our league drafted one kicker and... We said, okay, well, you know, we had we have uh, transactions. You have uh, transaction fees. And we we're like, okay, well, you know, when the, when the bye week comes around, you know, you have to field a full team. So just make sure. And he came and he went, and he just he just said, I, emphatically, I'm not going to pick up a kicker. And he actually ended up making it all the way to the championship, and he lost. And he ended up losing that week, which would have changed the seeders around. And I think if we we actually figured it out, he would have actually won the whole thing had he just picked up a kicker and scored who scored three points. He would have won, been the one seed, ran away with the whole playoffs. Instead, he plays against the others, the others, the other high seed, and ends up losing and losing the whole championship because of it. And he wasn't allowed to be in the league next year because you have to have certain rules. You have to be able to feel the team. You have to, you have to feel the team. So I, I, yeah, I, I, and that's the thing is we're not talking about the old days. What we we're talking about, like where you had to put in a recording on a pager and made it sure, made sure it got in by eleven. <laughs> Or, like, catch you at your house before you went to sleep because you were working overnights. Or, we're not talking stuff like that. This stuff is done on an app. Mm-hmm. I mean, every 10-year-old on this country has an iPhone or, or you know, smartphone, if you will, and, and it has an app. Dude, pop on while you're in the bathroom, flip into a legal guy, and then go back on with your day. I, I it's, it's not complicated, guys. Most of this stuff only takes five minutes. For somebody to say they don't have time for it, they just they, they, the bottom line is they just don't want to do it. Yeah, and at that point, don't don't commit to a league if you're not gonna. Yeah, commit. well, once again, know your rules. Don't let somebody change your rules mid season or mid draft, um, and and just you know if you, do it because you enjoy doing it. Don't do it if you if you think it's an inconvenience because if you're not even looking at your lineup and trying to set your lineup or feel the team whenever you can, then then really you're just wasting money. You're wasting everybody else's time. You're wasting your own time. I thought you were going to hit me with the rocks. Uh, know your role. <laughs> no, no. Is is the lecture over? The le- lecture's over. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the meat of our episode here, which is our ADP dra- dive, our average draft position dive. Tim, we agreed before we looked at anything. We said we were going by ESPN for the other stuff for all the positional stuff. And now for the ADP, we were going to switch it up. We were going to try something else. We are going to go with CBS Sports. Now, CBS Sports, I don't even like their ADP list, but but we yeah, agreed but, this is what we were going to do. Yeah, no, yeah, number one, we agreed that's what we were going to do. Yeah, you don't want to just, just use ESPN or just use Fantasy Pros or Fantasy Index or Yahoo or whatever it is your particular thing. So we figured we'd spray to different things. And, and like I said, I agree with you. Once I printed up and started looking, I'm like, wait, what? But the fact of the matter is ADP is not their rankings. It's not opinion. It's just a collection of data of drafts that have occurred on that website. So what we're saying is we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do our best to steer with the ADP factual evidence that we've been given, and we're gonna back it up. But with that, we thought it'd be fun to hit each round. Who's some of the guys you 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 like that are going in this round? Who's overvalued? Who's undervalued? Some good stuff like that. Because a month into draft season, even if it's experts, uh, dynasties, whatever it is. We've got a lot better day than when we started this voyage. Yeah, yeah, and and actually, when you when you see a lot of the stuff, if you're looking at YouTube, you're looking at um, Fantasy Pros, you're looking at Four for Four, you're looking at Draft Sharks, you're looking at there's just a ton of these sites out there. There's a ton of stuff, Fantasy Guru, the Fantasy Footballers. There's a ton of sites, and not gonna say positive, negative things about any of them. They're all they're all fantasy football sites, and everyone has some things they're gonna hit on, I'll, and everyone has some things they're gonna miss on. I know you're Mr. Positivity, so I'll be Mr. Negativity. Okay, <laughs> uh, you can keep your reputation. Everybody already knows who I am. All right, but you know, getting into this, we're gonna talk about the guys that we really like here. And I tell you what, I'm gonna start off right now. First round, one one, Jonathan Taylor. If you have the first pick in the draft, is anybody not picking Jonathan Taylor? Uh 
If you're in a two-quarterback league, the first two rounds are a lot of quarterbacks. Well, I would say that's why our ADPs in CBS are, have a yeah, lot of they're quarterbacks. Yeah, they're going to be skewed. We'll get it. We'll They're going to be skewed. We'll get into that. I yeah. I, I mean, like I said, that's you know, like in our league, the, the defending champ pulled the number one pick. It's like, gee, let's raise money for Bill Gates while we're at it. <laughs> you know. So, but. We're not talking about a two-quarterback league. We talked about it last week. Yeah. We're not real big fans of two-quarterback leagues. This is really not a, a, a draft. This is not us helping somebody that has a two-quarterback league because a two-quarterback league, it's basically you know, 80% quarterbacks in the first two rounds and then fill in you know, Jonathan Taylor, CMC, you know, Cooper Cobb, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, and that's I, 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 I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor is a no-brainer. He's a combination of... Bell Cow running back who finished number one as Ed running back last year. I think it's pretty much a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did want to note um, before we get into some of our favorite targets or whatever, CBS has Derrick Henry as number two in ADP. ESPN has their Derrick Henry as number five. Little discrepancy there, not huge. However, Joe Mixon in CBS is has an ADP of seven, where ESPN has him at 13. That's a pretty big swing. Mm-hmm. We're talking middle of the first round to the end of the first round. Well, and also shows just how um, volatile uh, Joe Mixon could be in drafts because he's somebody that somebody's going to think he's in the top eight, and then somebody else isn't going to think he's he's not in the top fifteen. So yeah, and a lot of that's format too because you could talk about Mixon and, and he was a stud last year, and they improved their interior line. That's a team that really likes to run the ball. I had him on my team. I I I, I think he's it forget it. Awesome. However, in PPR leagues, he doesn't really play on third downs. So that could be explained some of the discrepancy. Mm-hmm. Um, i got to say, one of my favorite targets in the first round, um, He's depending on the site you, you, you subscribe to, uh, ADP is either 10 or 6, Justin Jefferson. I really like him regardless of format. I, th- I think he has a chance of, which, and I'm not, I'm not taking, you know, it's not a hot take. I think he's got a really good shot at being wide receiver one this year. I love the guy they brought into Minnesota. We've already talked about how we think their offense is going to be a lot better. Love me some Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I love Justin Jefferson too. I, I When we did the wide receiver episode a couple weeks ago, I told you Justin Jefferson is my wide receiver one this year. And uh, I think it was uh, uh, Field Yates went on social media and he said, I think I've just moved you know, Justin Jefferson into wide receiver one ahead of Cooper Cup. And I sent him a message back like, welcome to the, welcome <laughs> aboard, buddy. Welcome aboard plenty to this of, train. There's plenty of room plenty over room here. Bandwagon. Plenty of room over here. But I do. I like Justin Jefferson. I think Justin Jefferson, he is my favorite to be our wide receiver one. If I if I was picking in the top five, he would probably be one of the guys I would, he, he I would be hoping he falls to me at five. Well, let me ask you that. If you had a choice between Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson, who are you taking? I'm taking Justin Jefferson. I'm wow. not. I'm not playing for last year. I'm playing for now. Wow, good stuff, man. Um, who do you think is overvalued or has is go, currently going in round one, but has no business being in round one? You know what? The, like I said, this ADP, it's it kind of makes it really obvious. Like Josh Allen is listed at seven on CBS Sports, so obviously he's not on my list. He's he's got to be circled on yours, right? Yeah, I I. I Factually speaking, I'll say that for round two. I, I was going to say something about that round two because regardless of what CBS says, no reputable league mm-hmm. has that has to be skewed by Superflex or two quarterback leagues. One guy I wanted to point out who I think is overvalued in round one, even though his ADP is only 11, Travis Kelsey. Yep. I, I think, like I said, is he tight end number one? Probably. Could he be a difference maker on your team in a league where you have to start a tight end? Sure. Is he worth a round pick? Round one pick? Hell no. I think I thought he was last year, but as well, of right, you took him. In yeah, the- as of right, well, I took him at the turn. Technically, he was a oh, second round pick. Cheater. <laughs> but uh, no, I will say that that I don't think any any tight end is first round worthy right now. I think the the amount of talent with the running backs and those top three receivers, there's just, it's just too much. It's just too much talent there, and I think um, I think Kelsey will be a perfectly fine second round pick. Uh, mid-second, late-second first. Late-second late, late round pick. Yeah, I, I know we spent a lot of time on round one, but I one more thing for undervalued. Alvin Kamara. Um, I, I'm not sure what the hesitation with Alvin Kamara is. I, I Okay, let me preface that. The hesitation is probably people thinking he's going to get suspended. I think multiple reports have said this case is not going to be seen until 2023. That so, suspension isn't coming until next year. Again, whether it's CBS or ESPN, we're talking ADP of 11 or 15, and that that's... That's ridiculous. If you can get, if you're coming around the turn, and you can get yourself 
Joe Mixon in the first round and come back at, let's say you're picking 10th or 11th, you get Joe Mixon, and then you come back around and you get Kamara. That's a pretty good start. Merry to your, Christmas. Yes, yeah. exactly. you got a pretty good start to your team right there. Uh, round two, moving on. Round two, uh, some of your favorite targets for round two. Uh, a couple of my guys that I like round two, I like Kamara, which we talked about, um, which you said could be borderline one and two. But um, somebody, two people that I really favor, I really think Stefan Diggs is going to have a really good year this year. If I'm if I'm picking high second round, if I'm picking, um, you know, if I'm picking in the ten or eleven spot and I'm coming back, I would think that if uh, if Stefan Diggs is there, I would have to think long and hard about about that. I think when e- you're talking about e- the top, even in a standard league. Even in a standard league, I okay. think with the three, those three running, but those three receivers with Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson, I think Stephon Diggs, in my opinion, is is number four in my opinion. Okay, I um, I like I said, I I, I like how you say hypothetically, I'm picking ten or eleven. You're picking eleven. You, I am you, picking. You 11. can tell the class. Um, some of my favorite guys going in round two. Nick Chubb has an ADP of sixteen, um, in CBS and twenty six in ESPN. I, I'm not sure if. People are passing on Chubb because of PPR format or if they're afraid of Kareem Hunt. Or... I think that it's, they're afraid of Watson. They're afraid of the whole Brown situation. But, I mean, this is what this team does. This team is a run-first team. They've always been a run-first team. Yeah, I'm with you. I, and Nick Chubb, like I said, I uh, one of those, if, if he falls to me in the second round, Merry Christmas. I, I, I You're really going to tell me Jacoby Brissett is that much worse than Baker Mayfield? Let me preface a injured Baker Mayfield, which is what we saw the second half exactly. last year. He's not. That's what I'm saying. Um, another. Well, can I throw out something? Yeah, that yeah, I, yeah. We should bounce back and yeah. forth. Another guy that I'm really high on um, is is CBS Sports has him ranked number 23, um, and that's DeAndre Swift, who's ranked 16 on ESPN. That's another guy. If I'm at the if 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 I'm in the middle of the first round and I'm in the middle of the second round, that's somebody that you got to be thinking long and hard if you're going to take him because DeAndre Swift is not. DeAndre Swift, in my opinion, is the only running back outside of the top ten of running backs that could possibly finish the season RB one. Yeah, I mean, full disclosure, and I was going to bring it up later about all the mocks we've done with uh, our, our two live leagues that we do. Our draft order has been pulled in both of them, uh, and I have the tenth pick in our PPR league. Uh, I, he's not getting past the tenth pick if I'm there. I, I love me some DeAndre Swift this year, especially in PPR formats. Uh, one guy I think is undervalued, Leonard Fournette. He's got, and like maybe I'm cheating a little bit because CBS has him as 25. Um, he's 19 in the ESPN. Either way, this is a guy I've seen in mocks that I've done that has fallen to early round three, late round two. Uh, he's another one of those guys that's going to get 20 touches a game. We'll get the carries at the goal line. What's the hesitation over him? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I wish I could say. Am, am I wrong? No, copyright. Uh, oh, am uh, I wrong? Oh, co- copyright Tim Singer and Ricky Bobby Inc. <laughs> um, I, I, one thing picking me off of what you said earlier: overvalued any quarterback. Yes, I, even Josh Allen has no business being in round two. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I agree. I think that I, uh, I know you mentioned him in round one, but that was my yeah. overvalued for round two. Any quarterback. O- overvalued, yeah. I mean, another person I think is overvalued, James Conner. I think James Conner, he had one solid season where he scored a lot of touchdowns in Arizona. But, I mean, if you think about it. He had a good it, year in Pittsburgh. He did. He had he had a decent year in Pittsburgh when, when, Bell, had, when Bell held out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, I mean, if you think about it, efficiency-wise, with the exception of the touchdowns, Chase Edmonds was way more efficient in Arizona than James Conner was. James Conner just got a lot of touchdowns. If you look at when James Conner, he would get like, you know, Chase Edmond would have, you know, five catches and rush for 50 yards. He'd have like a total of like 100 yards. And then you'd have James Conner with uh, 50 yards rushing, but he would have two touchdowns, you know, no catches. I think that that's something that's going to really be exposed in Arizona is is how much Chase Edmonds meant to that passing game and that running game. Um, another person that I tend, that I'm fading personally is Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel towards the end of the season, he was running the ball. He was running the ball a lot. And he wasn't getting the targets as much as being as being a wide receiver. And I think with Trey Lance being there now, if they are going to utilize him as a running back, I think that kind of takes away from his targets as a receiver. Is he getting touches? Yes. But I think Debo, Debo is a really good receiver, but I don't know if he's going to get the chance to be a receiver as much as he probably should. Uh, we're going to disagree on this one. I love me some Debo. Um, I, I feel like 
you've got the, the the number one tier of receivers is you know Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and uh, Jamar Chase, and then I think we've got Stephon Diggs, C.D. Lamb. Um, I, I know I'm forgetting somebody pretty big in that tier. Um, Devontae Adams. Yeah, yeah, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. I, I get it. I, I'm a little leery of their situations. I think Debo's firmly in that second tier, and if to me, if he's the end of that tier, I'll take him all day. Well, both of my drafts where I'm picking it, I don't. Even if he was there, You're I would not favor. I would favor somebody else. I would favor somebody else that's in that tier over him. Debo Samuel or C.D. Lamb. I, I'm. Ah. Yeah, well, yeah, C.D. Lamb is another person that I, I kind of That's what I'm saying. I was like, you know, if the, if, yeah. Okay, if you're We're talking about, hold on. If you're talking about Devontae Adams or Debo Samuel, I'm taking Devontae Adams. If you're talking about Stephon Diggs or Debo, or, or Debo Samuel, I'm taking Stephon well, Diggs. Well, that's obvious. Yeah. I mean, if you're, you know, but you're saying that that's the tier that he's in. He's in that second tier with those guys. I think it's the guys. end of tier two. Yeah. So if he's in the middle of round two, how is that overvalued? I'm, I'm saying I don't. I don't like okay. it. I don't like the value. Well, we got to move this thing along. Round three, okay? Um, who are some of your favorite targets currently going in round three? Zeke. Zeke Elliott is somebody that I really like going in going into this. There's, you're talking about a guy that was always a top five pick, falling now to the third round, and I think there is tremendous value in the potential of what Zeke could be. Um, another guy, same exact thing, Saquon Barkley. Is when you're talking about those two guys, um, those two guys they have they have the talent to be, they have the talent like the same as I think we talked about last year. And I took Saquon at the turn because I said it's the talent. You have to look at the, what he possibly could do. Um, and he's the, these two guys are guys that could be, you know, guys that if you're getting them in the third round, beginning of third round, I mean they can win you championships. If you got if you if if Zeke gets to the gets to the third round. And you're talking about somebody who has Jonathan Taylor one overall, and then they get say Ceedee Lamb or something like that, or Mark Andrews, and then at the turn they they take Zeke. Oh you my set god! Set up really well. Yeah. yeah, I I love me and, and I showed you those are the two exact names I had. We were talking Zeke has an ADP of 35. That's not just third round. That's end of third round mm-hmm. in a 12 team league. Um, Saquon, uh, mid round three is a perfect spot for him. I, I I'm not high on him, but I feel like Zeke and Saquon. Is the end of a tier. This is a drop off after Zeke, where he's going. Where if you got, let's say you got one of the big three or four wide receiver in round one, came back and got a solid Leonard Fournette, somebody like that in the second round, and you came back and you had either Zeke or Saquon or another guy I wanted to highlight, Javante Williams. This is the end of your bell cow backs. So if you go receiver and then come back running back, running back, you're set up really well. That's why I don't like any quarterback in these rounds. That's why I'm not really even probably going to take Kelsey or Andrews at their price. I think that's a perfect build if you can go Jamar Chase and then, like I said, like Leonard Fournette and Zeke. I think you're set up really well. Yeah, you know, um, so like uh, another guy I wanted to, I thought was undervalued in round three, and he has an ADP of 33. Keenan Allen, he's one of those guys I feel like is the end of that tier at wide receiver. Like we talked about how I thought Debo Samuel was the end of tier two. I think Keenan Allen is the end of tier three, and with him and having an ADP again. That's one of those, if I start my first two picks as running backs, I have no problem starting my wide receiver card with Keenan Allen. He's the boring veteran that nobody wants, but he consistently puts up points. Yep. Yeah, I, he was on my team last year, and, and trust me, I know. He, he he is Mr. Consistency. I mean, there's nobody, there's probably not a, there, very rarely you're going to find a, a wide receiver, maybe Cooper Cup, but more consistent than Keenan Allen. Yeah, agreed. Uh, did you have any overvalued for round three? <clears throat> Overvalued, um, I don't really, like, I think overvalued is J.K. Dobbins. And pretty much any quarterback again. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have that for the first four rounds. In the third round, I think in the third round, any quarterback not named Josh Allen is is, is overvalued. If you're, you know, like, if somebody will probably take Josh Allen there. I'm not saying he's going to be my pick in the third round. He would not never be either. my pick no, in the third not round. not mine either. But somebody's going to pick him in the third round. And so I think the value of him being there is, is perfectly fine. Um, but I think J.K. Dobbins is somebody that he's coming off of a, a serious injury. There's been a lot of talk of whether or not he's going to be ready, even be, even be ready to go at week one. Um, I just I just don't see myself spending a third round pick on that. Yeah, I, I agree. And one more thing before we wrap round three, and I know we got to keep this moving, but we're passionate about it. A.J. Brown, um, I don't think he's part of that third tier. I, am, I I know you're big on the Eagles this year. I know you're big on Jalen Hurts. You think he's Josh Allen light. 
I, I we're talking about a guy going to a new team that is heavy into run, and with him going an ADP of round uh, of thirty four. That's the end of round three. I still don't want him at that price. I'd rather take Keenan Allen all day. I think if I had two running backs and I needed, and Keenan Allen, you know, Keenan Allen's 32. So if Keenan Allen gets picked and I'm picking 11 and A.J. Brown is there and I've already got two running backs, I'm definitely going to go with A.J. Brown. All right, Tim, let's get into a little bit of the deeper end here. We're going to dive into round four here. So you um, think four is deep? <laughs> a little bit deeper. I said a little bit deeper. We're not in the deep waters yet. We're out of the kiddie pool. So who are a couple people that you favor in the fourth round? I like me some Mike Williams. He's going at number 40. He And I, I'm not shy about it. I like starting my build with running backs. So by <laughs> round four, I've got to get me a wide receiver. I think Mike Williams at, at pick number 40 is, is a really good spot. Yeah, I have Mike Williams as one of those people that I really favor. Another person that I think has great value in the fourth round is, is Michael Pittman. Um for Indianapolis, I think that he's, I think he's somebody that really could uh, could even be. Even though Williams is forty and Pittman's forty six, I actually think I might favor Pittman over Williams, only for the fact that Pittman's the guy and Williams is kind of there with Keenan Allen. Yeah, I had Michael Pittman um, slated for my undervalued in round three because of that. He's his ADP is forty six and Michael Williams is forty. Just because of consistency of safety, I like Michael Pittman better. I was saving him for my undervalued of the round, so obviously I agree with you on that. What I'm noticing about round four, round four is the home of the questionable running back. Yeah. The guys who come with and that's why we thought Zeke and Saquon and Javante Williams, that was if you don't have two running backs by the end of round three, you're in trouble because that's the end of a tier. Round four, we're talking guys like Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, Cam Akers, Damian Harris. All these guys come with significant question marks. Yeah, I, I, I that, and on that matter, I fade two and I like one. I think there's a value in Antonio Gibson. I know everyone's fading Antonio Gibson because of of the fumbles, um, but. I don't think Brian Robinson is the answer there. J.D. McKissick isn't the answer there. Antonio Gibson is going to be that is going to be the running back there in Washington. He's going to be the number one running back. Chico is going to run the ball, and I think Antonio Gibson is is going to still get significant play. I think I think the more he gets pushed down by everybody else, the more I more I'm more he's going to probably yeah, end up. Yeah, I, I understand. You understand. Right now we're talking about the fourth round, and I want no part of Antonio Gibson in round four. Um, not only does he not play on third downs, that's home of J.D. McKissick. So you're talking first and second down action on an average team, we'll say, if if they're lucky. If first and second down action is split between he and Brian Robinson, and he's one fumble away from losing those carries, it could be a, a tough season for Antonio Gibson. So round four, no thanks. All right, well, yeah. there's a couple other people that I, I definitely fade, and that's Josh Jacobs and, and Damian Harris. I think both of these guys are not long for being the number one running backs on their team. Well, I think with Damian Harris's case, you really like Ramondae Stevenson. I do too. My problem is a guy named Bill Belichick. He hates fantasy fantasy owners. He pretty much hates everybody. But um, <laughs> like his thing is, without rhyme or reason, he'll just be like, you know, he had Brandon Bolden on that team for a lot of years because he was a great special teamer. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, one game, Brandon Bolden had like 27 carries. You're like, what just happened? You know, yeah. like you, you, like from week to week, like I, I mean, once Tom Brady's gone, is there anyone on the Patriots NFL team that you feel comfortable throwing in your lineup every week? That pause explains my answer right no, there. The maybe, fact that you have to think about it. Maybe Hunter Henry, if you no. if you pick him later. No, the answer is no. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, like I guess I'm with you. I to me, I, that's that's why once we're talking about all those names I brought up in round four. That's why I want two running backs in the first three rounds. Because when you're talking about these guys, Jacobs, Gibson, Akers, Harris, they all have massive question marks. Um, and that's why I called it the last round scramble for round four. Anything else about round four you want to mention? Um, no, I also I also don't, don't have a very big uh, desire for Cam Akers either. I put him in that same exact list of the people yeah, you're Yeah, I feel up. like he's a... Oft injured co-starter with Daryl Henderson, and at those prices, I'll take Daryl Henderson over Cam Akers yeah. any day. Uh, moving on to round five, um, who are some of the guys that you're favoring in round five? Well, at that po- at this point, this is where we were at last year when I was at the five six turn, and I took Michael Carter. So if Brees Hall, who's at the beginning of he's who's estimated to go at the beginning of the fifth round, if he's at the end of the fifth round, I would probably I would probably take a dart throw on him. I'm at the back end of the fifth round. If he was there, but he's not going to be there. Um, somebody else that I actually really like is at at the end of the fifth round, Terry McLaurin, 
being the last pick in the fifth round at ADP for CBS is, is 60, I think that's great value for for what is uh, Scary Terry can just be really awesome out there, uh, you know, when, when he when he gets the opportunity. Yeah, I think this round has got a couple polarizing players. You brought up Beast Brees Hall at round 51. Some people think he's going to be the bell cow back for the Jets, and they love him. Other people will be like, hey, what about Michael Carter? What about the fact that he plays for the Jets? Um, another polarizing guy is Travis Etienne. A lot of people, he you brought it up when we talked about the Jaguars, and I think you even brought it up when we talked about running backs. His, his ADP right now is 52, okay, which makes him early fifth round. And that is assuming that he is the number one running back on a Jacksonville Jaguars team at that price. But, like, what about James Robinson? Mm -hmm. What about the fact that they're still the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yep. I I mean, so, I I mean, like I said, I I guess it all depends where if you're one of those guys that you took Kelsey or Andrews, um, you find a couple couple of values wide receiver, and you want to fill a flex spot, I get it. But, I I mean, man, if if Reese Hall or Travis Etienne is your running back one, or even like a guy you have to start every week, I'd be worried. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one of the guys I, I really like in round five, um, DJ Moore. I, I'm with you on uh, I think scary, scary Terry. This is where you can fill out the rest of your to- your wide receiver two and three territory. Um, in CBS's ADP, DK Metcalf has a value uh, as an ADP of sixty. Um, I like DK Metcalf at that price because we're talking about a guy that what that was like wide receiver two. Uh, tier two in a lot of leagues last year. I know they lost Russell Wilson, but he had some really good games with Geno Smith, and it looks like as of now, Geno Smith has the inside track at that position. Yeah, well, DK Metcalf also finished the finished last year as wide receiver ten, and when you're talking about he's now, you know, at bottom of the fifth round. I mean, that's just a tremendous value for what for what he is. Yeah, one more guy I wanted to mention. I'm, Dalton Schultz has an ADP of around 50, uh, 59, and I was going to mention him later in our bonus. Um, I feel like Tier 1 of tight end is Kelsey and Andrews. Tier tier 2 is uh, Waller, Kittle, and Pitts. Mm-hmm. I feel like Tier 3 is Hawkinson and Schultz. I feel like Schultz belongs with a lot of those guys. I feel like after Schultz, there's a drop-off where there's not a hell of a lot of difference between like Pat Fryermuth and some of the other guys you're going to get, I feel like Dalton Schultz is the end of a tier there. So if I'm like round five and I've got two running backs, two receivers, I have no problem rounding out with Dalton Schultz. You know, that's also what we talked about it before last last episode. If you if you got two quarter if you got two running backs, two receivers, um, at this point, if you have one of these quarterbacks that you really like, that's like a you know one of the better quarterbacks out there, one of those top five six quarterbacks. And they're still out there. Yeah, you can go ahead. And, yeah, if, this is, if, this if is Lamar Jackson sneaks down, hmm. you know, uh, I, I think everybody has Josh Allen as unequivocal tier one, and then mm-hmm. you've, you're talking Mahomes, Mahomes, Lamar Herbert, Jackson, Herbert, Lamar, yeah. Lamar Jackson. I feel like if I have, anyone's going to sneak down into those rounds, it's Lamar. At that point, while we both condone, when we both uh, love punting the QB. I feel like at that point, that's good value. Yeah, absolutely. Um, somebody else, somebody that I'll say that I fade in the fifth round right now at uh, at average draft position fifty five, um, Chris Godwin. This guy is is still coming off of an injury. He's probably not going to be ready by week one. He might not even be ready by week four. Um, even then, he might still so he takes some time to get up to speed. You got Mike Evans there. You got Julio there. You got uh, Russell, Russell Gage. Gage. I mean, there's there's plenty plenty of people there. Plus, I, I've mentioned this a couple times on our podcast. With Bruce Arians no longer calling the plays and defensive coordinator Todd Bowles taking over and t- Tom Brady fighting father time by the minute, I don't know that they're still going to be the number one passing team in the league. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I think that's a little bit steep for Godwin. Uh, moving on to round six, who are some of your favorite ticket uh, targets in round six? Um, round six, I I will say round six at this point, because I had I I had a, a DK Metcalf on there too because he was he was borderline right there. He was yeah, depending um, on your site. And I I think that Mike Thomas, uh, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Cooks, and my standpoint is behind these guys is, um, these guys are all, all did really well. They they all these guys are really great wide receivers, and they all finished in the top in the top twenty last year. There's tremendous value in the sixth round on some guys that people are fading because of their quarterbacks. Uh, Michael Thomas, just for the fact that he was out last year, but DK Metcalf and Deontay Johnson, because there's a lot of volatility in those quarterbacks. But at the same exact time, like 
what are you going to do? Are you not going to take a wide receiver after the sixth round? Because most of this is all volatility at that point. It's like, who, who do you trust? Do you trust Darnell Mooney, Deontay Johnson? Do you trust uh, DK Metcalf? Like, if anything, you, you trust Deontay <laughs> I'm Johnson. Jack Nicholson is the Joker. Hubba, hubba, hubba. Yeah. Who do you trust? <laughs> who do you <laughs> trust? <laughs> but, uh, but DK Metcalf and Deontay Johnson, I mean, like, these guys have consistently done it year after year. And let's face it, Deontay Johnson did it with a with a broken down, not good Ben Roethlisberger last year. Yeah, I, I had this marked down as the fill out your wide receiver core round. All the guys you mentioned are currently having ADP. Also, you're talking about Sutton at 66 and Judy at 67. Pick your poison there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the guys I did want to highlight as undervalued, and you mentioned him already, I don't think he gets enough love, Brandon Cooks. He has an ADP of 71. This guy has been consistently good regardless of – he hasn't had good – He one year he played with Tom Brady. Every other year he's had garbage quarterback after garbage quarterback, and he continues to put up good numbers, and for some reason nobody talks about him in the top couple tiers of wide receiver. He finished wide receiver 20. The five guys that finished in front of him, just from 15 to 20, Keenan Allen, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, D.J. Moore, Chris Godwin. Tim, who, and including Brandon Cooks, Tim, who's the lowest on ADP out of all those guys? Brandon Cooks. Yeah. By not even not even close. Brandon Cooks, the next person, closest person to him, is sick is uh, it's about sixteen spots away. What you know what Brandon Cooks have that those other guys don't have? Two words for you, Davis Mills. Well, it doesn't make a difference. No, he, I, I'm with you. I yeah. think he's. I I'm just playing devil's advocate. This is why people are shy on him. But the fact of the matter is, he he almost never has a good quarterback and still puts up great numbers. Yeah, exactly. Why, where's the love for this guy? Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, uh, moving on to round seven. Um, we've got some interesting things going on in round seven. The guys who go zero or hero running back, this is when they're starting to hit those dives for Pollard and Kareem Hunt. Who are some of your favorite targets in round seven? Oh man, this is this is this is like where I this is where you start like rubbing your hands together. <laughs> this is where like this is where a lot of people are gonna make their pay on whether or not their team is gonna be successful or not. Because at this point you get to six rounds and you're picking a lot of the best players available, some people that you have good good feelings about, some people you want over other people and stuff like that. But this is where this is where the, the rubber hits the road. This is at this point where people you're gonna see some people start sliding off and making poor picks, and other people are gonna jump up and get the guys that really have value right now. And some of those guys, you brought them up already. You're talking about the AJ Dillons, you're talking about the Allen Robinsons, you're talking about Tony Pollard, um, even Kareem Hunt, you know, th- those guys have so much more value over people like that are being picked right around there, like Melvin Gordon, Juju Smith-Schuster, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Gabriel Davis. These guys are all still inconsistent in what's going on. And like but these guys, these other guys that I brought up, are all the 1Bs on their team. Cooper Cup is 1A. Allen Robinson will be 1B on the Rams. Yep. If you... Robert Woods was successful there before he got hurt. Van Jefferson was successful there all season long. So there's yep. no reason to think Allen Robinson isn't going to be successful there. And if with a seventh round value, I mean, it's just there's just too much there. I mean, it's just too good to pass up. Yeah, all the names you mentioned, I was going to bring up. AJ Dillon was going to be the guy I, I really wanted to highlight for this round. He has an ADP of 76, even though he finished last year as running back number 22 with Devonte Adams on that team playing behind Aaron Jones. What's not to love about A.J. Dillon? Yeah. I, I, I don't get it. So had to highlight A.J. Dillon. Another one I wanted to highlight, and you talked about Allen Robinson. Um, you know, I love me some Allen Robinson at this point. One guy I wanted to highlight as overvalued, Gabriel Davis. The, the love for this guy has really skyrocketed. His ADP is 75, which puts him ahead of Allen Robinson, Hollywood Brown, Allen Lazard. I, I mean... I, 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 I don't understand. Like, I, I'm not saying he doesn't have potential, but at that price, you better hope he has potential. Yeah, I mean, the what you're buying it at, um, I think this is... I, I was big on Gabriel Davis. For years, I've been big on Dave, Gabriel yeah, Davis. Yeah, but when you can get him in round 12. Yeah, but I'm not big on him right now. Those three touchdowns, that three-touchdown game in K, against KC in the playoffs, that was great. I don't know if that's sustainable, because is Gabriel Davis the next Stephon Diggs? Not while Stephon Diggs is still there, <laughs> you know. Like I just, I, I don't know. I don't really understand. Um, I don't understand because it's one of those things where I feel like the, it's already baked in. They like his successful season is already baked in where he's being drafted at. 
Um, another person that I fade this year, Miles Sanders. Um, Miles Sanders. That being, was your guy. He, wow. He's been my guy. He has been my guy. But he, he doesn't score touchdowns. When they get in close to the red zone, it's usually a pass or Jalen Hurts runs it in. Or they got Gainwell, who had some touchdowns last year. They brought in um, what uh, uh, Howard from the former Bear. Yeah, Jordan um, Howard. Jordan yeah. Howard. He was, he was vulturing touchdowns. Miles Sanders had zero touchdowns last year. I mean, that's pretty bad. I mean, even if he gets – even even if – he doesn't do that again. What are you talking about? Four, five touchdowns, maybe. He's not. He's a. He's not. He's a. He's a. A running back by committee, and I, I would prefer Gainwell where he's at. And every single person that we've talked about when we're talking about running backs, and we would say I'd rather have his other option. It's because their other option are going four or five rounds later. And I mean, that's the thing. At, at those prices, you want to shop at the bargain bin. I mean, obviously, like somebody that I I, I don't want on this one either. I, I don't really want Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, I, I just don't like Casey's what I what I'm seeing from Casey in their camp. I just don't like any of it. Right yeah, now. at this point, if you're if you did a zero or hero running back build, you're not building with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Mm-hmm. You're just not moving on to round eight to keep this thing moving. A um, couple of the guys I wanted to highlight in round eight: Rashad Bateman has an ADP of 92. I'll take him all day. Zach Ertz has an ADP of 85. I talked about my love for him. He finished last year at tight end five. Uh, had was a really big part of that offense once he got traded there, and they're without DeAndre Hopkins for the first six weeks. So in, in round eight, yes, please. Yeah, you know, As somebody else that I put down, I I, I also had Rashad, Rashad Bateman. Somebody I, I put a big circle by there, um, Darnell Mooney at eighty eight. I mean, you're talking about a wide receiver one on a team. I I if anybody that knows me knows, I'm a Bears fan. But yet, I cannot stand fantasy bears, like the fantasy football aspect that are the bears. Oh yeah, it's way too unpredictable and stuff. But you know what? I mean, at this value, picking him and picking them and picking this guy in the eighth round, I mean, he's a he's a wide receiver one, and it's not even close with the rest of his team. Yeah, uh, another one, and I'm sure it's going to change. Um, Rashad Bateman, or I'm sorry, Rashad Penny, mm-hmm. uh, is at 89. I mean, factually speaking, he's running back one on this team. I, yeah. I know, I know, they drafted Ken Walker. Well, they just really said you today that Kenneth Walker had a uh, had sports had a, Yeah, yeah I, was, I was gonna surgery. I was gonna bring that later up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, then that's why I said it's gonna probably change now. But currently, his ADP is eighty nine. Ken Walker uh, the third just had sports hernia surgery, so that's gonna move up a little bit. You know, I brought it up. He was one of my dark horses. I'm gonna open my beer now. I brought it up. One of my dark horses for rookie of the year um, when we first started this podcast when we were talking about the free agent moves and the rookies and stuff like that was Damian Pierce. And he had a great first game of training camp. And now he's his, his, his ADP now is at this point and it's probably only going to go up from here um, because everyone's He's one of those guys because this. of the preseason, yep. he might go from undervalued sleeper to overvalued if he jumps two or three rounds. You're that, talking about this guy could jump know. from, the eighth round right now, all the way up to the sixth round if he has another couple of yeah, games. Yeah, well, like I said, I actually was going to mention him in round nine. We can move on to round nine. Um, yeah, his ADP was uh, 99. That puts him in round nine. I was going to mention him there, but like I said, because of the preseason he's had, because of the hype, he's shooting up that list. So he's one of those guys that could go from sleeper that I want to have mm-hmm. to uh, maybe avoid because if his price gets up to round seven, you're like, hold on. He's, he's still third on that depth chart behind Marlon Mack and Rex Burkett on a bad team. Yeah. Uh, for round nine, guys, I wanted to mention Elijah Moore. Um, he's either 96 or 102 based on your uh, list that you're looking at. Love me some Elijah Moore. He's the number one receiver on the Jets. It doesn't scare me at all that Zach Wilson might miss a couple weeks because I think the Jets had better games last year without Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, I, I Elijah Moore is one of the guys I circled already. Another guy I circled, you know, I'm big on the Eagles this year. I got Devontae Smith circled there, um, right at the eight nine turn. Um, and then this is another one of those rounds where I go, well, no matter who who falls to me, I'm going to be happy about it. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Chase Edmonds, Pat Fryermuth, even uh, according to CBS, which is which baffles me because when we were talking about an ESPN. ESPN had Amon Ross St. Brown listed as the number 21 receiver. He is now, and on CBS, he's going at 106 overall. I was, I was going to bring that up, yep, because factually speaking, 106 puts him in the 10th round. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. CBS had him as an, an ADP of 110. ESPN has him at 58. Yeah. This just in, that's a huge difference. Yeah. So, I, I mean, do with that, with that information, what you will. I will say I will say, I left out the one person that I am, I am the most over, and you know this already. Is Ramondre Stevenson at 102 overall? If it, if he's around in the ninth round, he's going to be on my team. 
Um, yes, please. Yeah, because I, honestly, like, and I brought this up to you before, and I'll bring it up now. Time for Rick Rants. Here we go. Ooh, grab my yes, beer. The Rick Rants of the day. <laughs> so, why is it, Tim, that Ramondre Stevenson is going in the ninth round? Michael Carter is going undrafted, and they both had decent seasons last year. And Javante Williams is is in is a borderline second round, third round pick. These I guys, Javante were, Williams was your guy. I did, I did love Javante Williams last year, but Gee, he no. got a 50-50 split with Melvin Gordon. And I've, and in my opinion, Melvin Gordon is better than Damian Harris. Melvin Gordon is is has a better pedigree than Brees Hall. I understand Brees Hall is you know, this great running back coming out of college because I thought all three of these guys were great running backs coming out of college last year. I just don't understand where where everyone just forgets about Michael Carter because he had a really good year when he was on the field last year. And Ramondre Stevens, when he was on the field, he had a really good year last year. So I just don't understand why there is so much overlove for Javante Williams and so much underlove for these guys. Uh, yeah, appreciate you letting me finish my Goose Island Oktoberfest. Uh, rounding out um, what we wanted to talk about ADP-wise on this uh, podcast, round 10, I was going to bring up the Amon Ron St. Brown discrepancy between CBS and, and ESPN, and that's the extreme. Uh, we're talking 110 and 58, where I brought him up uh, a couple episodes ago where I was like, hey, dude, at wide receiver 22, no thanks. So I don't know if, you know, if all five people that listen have told everybody that we said no thanks, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but that's a weird discrepancy. I should also mention, there's guys I like in round 10, Chris Olave, James Cook, uh, Robert Woods has fallen to 118. Um, what I should say is, there is no reason, none, to take a kicker or a defense, unless your draft only goes 10 rounds. Yeah. There's, there's, I'm sorry, there's no reason at all. I don't care if you're a family member of Justin Tucker's. I, I don't care. I don't care if J.J. Watt is listening. He's like, hey, I love Arizona's defense because I play in it. I don't care. There's no reason to take a defense or a kicker in any of the rounds we just mentioned. Yeah. Am, am I wrong? No, absolutely right. Hi, Malcolm. You're absolutely right. Uh, some guys in the 10th round that, that, that you brought up, Robert Woods, obviously, uh, Drake London, Chris Olave. Um, I think if you're talking about running backs, I think James Robinson is somebody that has has a great value in the tenth round um, because Travis Etienne has yet to take a NFL snap. So I don't know why we would be involved in that. A couple other people I like I like uh, uh, James Cook, the running back from the rookie running back from Buffalo. He's going to be like that Sproles guy. If you're in a PPR league, I think in the tenth round you're going to get a lot of value. You're going to like what you get out of him. Um, yeah, I mean even Christian Kirk, Sky Moore. Um, there's there's plenty of there's plenty of talent. I think I pretty much circled almost everybody in the tenth round because the value of those players right there just there's just so much value. Yeah, and like I said, unless you're a kicker or a defense, anybody in round ten can't be considered overvalued mm-hmm. because that it's round ten. All right, we're gonna hit the rest of these rounds, the later rounds in the bonus episode. Um, we're gonna start ramping it up here uh, with a couple of quick questions. Tim, I have a question for you. Uh, Chris, who's in our who's in our PPR league. He brought this up to me for one of his leagues. Would you save Cam Akers in the 16th round or Joe Burrow in the 14th? Wow. You know I'm fading Cam Akers, but 16th round, man. Uh, well, how deep is this league? It's it's a 12-team, 16-round draft. I, I feel like, Wow. I feel like at that price, uh, Joe Burrow, fourteenth round. That's what I said, and I, I, you know, and, I, and he had brought up. He's like, well, it's kind of hard to pass up on what is probably a third or fourth round running back in the sixteenth round. But I also said, yeah, but he's got Terrell Henderson. So you can't. Do you honestly, if Burrow doesn't get hurt, is there any way he finishes outside of the top twelve? I don't think there. I don't think he finishes outside of the top twelve. I, I, I don't see. I, I think he's right about there. Where I feel like Cam Akers. Even if he's healthy, if Darrell Henderson is hawking some of those carries, I could see Cam Akers finishing RB forty. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I just, I don't see the love for Cam Akers. I, I, he doesn't have a clear path to bell cow status. Um, he's got injury concerns on a team that passes first, and he's got Darrell Henderson there. So, I, I, I mean, I even with a sixteenth round tag. I still say Burrow over 14. That's round. what I, yeah, I agree. I agree. The value of Burrow, where you're talking about in most leagues, he's going to be picked anywhere from the fourth round to the sixth round, seventh round. And you're talking about getting him 
a whole seven rounds later than that in the 14th round. That's just too much value for me to Yeah, great up. question from Chris. I, I mean, good stuff. A question I wanted to run by you. What is your ideal draft spot? Because I I know in the in the leagues we've done, you're 11th in our in our main league, and you're sixth in our PPR league this Saturday. Yes. So uh, that this being Sunday, said, Sunday. yeah, d- yeah. details six one half dozen the other. What is your ideal draft spot? Um, I think it varies. It varies on what how many how many teams, and if it's PPR, if it's not PPR. Um, so let me. Let me do this as, as efficiently as possible. If you're in a 10-team league, the best spot, in my opinion, is first overall. Because when people trickle down because somebody makes a bad pick, now you're getting... If somebody makes a bad pick in the second round, now you're getting not just the first player overall, you're getting the 19th and 20th best players overall. Um, and the closer you are to the first round, because if you think about it, the closer you are to first overall in a 10-team league, you're getting the first, the, the 20th, and the 21st best players that means you're getting three out of the top 21 so in actuality when you look at percentages wise and you break break it down you're getting one for every seven you know what i mean like you're getting one yeah, of those I, top guys for I, every I, seven i i agree with you i i i mean obviously first you know you get the most amount of great guys and you're getting jt which is you know amazing outside i guess i should have prefaced it outside of pick one i feel like there's good value I like the top four running backs and the top three receivers, so I I think it's not bad to have pick seven. It's not bad to have pick seven. I will say, it it varies because my best, my favorite draft spot this year, is the one that I get Justin Jefferson <laughs> as late as possible. If I can be at six and get Justin Jefferson, then six is the best. Spot that, for that's me. why I was saying that I, I like you know I like I so said you've got Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase as the top mm-hmm. three receivers. I feel like the top four running backs: Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey. And, and you know I, I think PPR format you can't ignore Austin Eckler because you know to me my perfect draft in a PPR league starts off with. In the, it puts me in the middle of the draft, and I get Justin Jefferson, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, like I said, I, I, I think we've got some good stuff. We broke down some of the really important things from round one. Uh, stay tuned for our bonus episode in a couple days. We're going to pop that up. We're going to hit you with our favorite targets for the last five rounds, some of the guys we think you shouldn't bother drafting. I'm going to hit Rick's with some questions. We're going to hit you with some B news, which we think is still relevant, but probably not worthy of a headline segment. Um, what do you want to close on, buddy? What do I want to close on today? Hmm. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Let's, let's Let me think back here. Um, I remember... When we were probably in our sixth season, we drafted at Brian's house um, in Glen Ellen, and we had a, an infestation of bees in his gazebo, oh, <laughs> in, God, in, yeah. his, in his parents' gazebo. And this was probably, at this point, 26 years ago. And it's funny because we've done drafts in garages. We've done drafts in restaurants. We've done drafts in restaurants like outdoor area. But the only time we've ever done it outside twice, we got absolutely mauled by bees. Yeah, Brian's <laughs> we, and Paul's. Brian's and Paul's, we got absolutely mauled by bees the whole time. And Paul's draft, which was, I believe, like 2006 or 2008. Who keeps track of these? And things. remember, like Brian brought out, Brian keeps Brian keeps all of our draft boards, which which yep, great. That's awesome. Kudos on Brian for keeping track. Well, he sent us a picture of those. There was like... That draft where it was like Tyrone Wheatley was a second round draft pick. <laughs> Tyrone Wheatley. I mean, you know, like Sean picked uh Sean picked a guy that we were like, what was that? Third overall, CJ Spiller or something like that. We were oh, like, yeah, what? CJ Spiller. The yeah. Second overall. And we were like, oh my God, this was wow. such a bad year for fantasy football. But no, I'd say that like just the fact that Every single time we tried to do a draft outside at someone's house, we just got absolutely mauled by bees. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought a funny story we could end on was uh our, our league's draft order race. You know, we you tried doing the, <laughs> we, we 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 tried doing that on 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 Friday while we were at work, and it tells you how hard we all work because we were all in that fantasy chat going crazy. Uh, our our commissioner Ricky Vegas here uh, thought it would be instead of pulling names out of a hat for draft order, it'd be fun to do this little race that looks like an old school Tecmo Bowl game, and you press play, and based on whose players is how you're. The problem is. When you press play, everybody sees a different race. <laughs> the problem is, is you got to share 
after the race. Share I shared it. the link. You shared the link. You didn't share the results. I shared the link to start a random race. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody opened up. Everyone up. Everyone that opened this up got a different race. The only good thing about it is, is that I actually. I actually, when I sent it out to everybody, I was already video recording it. So I actually have a video recording of the actual whole one that I actually did that said, this is going to dictate the draft order. So I actually had that with the timestamp and everything like that. So it worked out pretty perfectly on that point, but it was pretty comical to have people sending me messages like, can't believe I'm last. And then I got somebody else sends me a message. I sent you like, that. I was like, yeah. And then you sent me one. He's like, I can't believe that I'm last. And I was like, oh, I don't he wasn't last. And then somebody else sends me a message like, well, I'm first. And I'm like, no, you're not. And then somebody else sends a message like, <laughs> somebody else sends a message like, can't believe I'm last. I'm like, well, hold on, hold on. This did not work out well. Yeah, Malcolm and Ryan said they got off the golf course to like 89 messages. Or yes. Something like that. It's like, what happened? It was, it, was a, it was a complete debacle, but we did end up setting the draft order. And I got to tell you, if that's the way we're going to do it, we'll just pull it out of a hat next year. <laughs> well, we'll find a new way. Uh, but I, I thought that was a fun story to share. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we really do appreciate the the feedback, positive or negative. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Stay tuned in a couple of days for that bonus episode. We got a lot of good fun stuff. All right. Take care.